All right, guys, and as promised, we got a special update from Tony Burkhart talking about the the autopsy from the carnage at UCC. Tony, how the hell are you? Oh, just uh, hunky dory. <laughs> Tony, I got a chance to see a sneak peek of the video of you going through uh, what we expected to look a whole lot worse of carnage. Tell me, man, how did this autopsy go breaking this engine down? Uh, it was a little crusty on top, but uh, <laughs> once we started started to get beyond the, the char, um, it looks pretty good. Um, CP3s took a pretty good hit. Uh, I think the injectors are going to fare out. We pulled the valve covers off, and uh, the trend uh, rocker shafts and trend rocker shaft stands were beautiful, no scoring. Uh, rock arms, no scoring. Seeing that all the bridges on the valves were all still in place was instantly a relief. Um, so all the bridges were in place, and then looking at the rockers, all the uh, hardened steel tips on them were still perfect. Um, clean oil on the top of the motor. We pull the heads off. Uh, pull the heads off and there were signs of the pistons just touching the head uh, but there was zero signs of the valves hitting the piston so we didn't have an issue of floating valves which was awesome uh, Wagler was excited to hear that that the crazy RPMs that it spun uh, the Wagler heads did what they were supposed to do and kept the valves from hitting the pistons. Uh, the pistons, so the motor just turned over just as if it was a normal, any motor we had put together or torn down, you know, it turned over nice. Uh, got the oil pan off, we did have a little trace of uh, bearing material in uh, the one and two. Uh, rod area, okay, and uh, but there was zero discoloration. We pull the rods, pull the rod caps, knock the pistons out. Um, little scoring on two pistons is two out of the eight. Uh, I'm gonna guess, you know, from the heat and being actually, it's one and two pistons that were scored. It's kind of odd, but uh, the bearings. Uh, the bearings you could tell took a little beating, but there was still good oil film on the crank and the rods and main journals. Um, so none of the bearings spun. The crank was not tore up at all. And uh, um, it just, we'll, we'll probably put uh, aluminum rods. They're fairly inexpensive. We'll put a new set of rods in it. Uh, and a set of pistons, and uh, should be able to go right back together. This is absolutely amazing. I mean, after what we talked about yesterday, I, I kind of expected to see total carnage in here. I, I expected to see things welded together, bluing from, from super high heat and ridiculous rotation speeds. I mean, for all basic purposes, this truck ran away. Uh, um, it, it spun at an uncontrolled, unknown RPM with little to no oil supply. How the hell is it still in this good a condition? Well, uh, I don't know if I ever mentioned that the Simpico oil was pretty good oil. Um, <laughs> that 
not the first time that I've had experience with uh, a motor having zero oil pressure and, and there's zero damage to the bearings. Um, I had an issue with the cheap hooker that we had a full load on it, 1,800 horse, full load, full throttle, 5,000 RPMs. And I happened to look down at the gauge, and it showed actually showed a negative three pounds of oil pressure <laughs> for, for like three, four seconds in the run, you know. And I thought, oh, my God, I just ruined the motor. Right. And um, pulled the oil filter apart, no metal and oil filter. It, you know, it, after I let off the throttle and it, the oil pressure picked up, uh, drove it to the trailer, loaded it up, unloaded it. Pulled the filter apart, thinking we we're going to see material in there, and there was zero materi- material in there. Um, <clears throat> I thought, well, we'll give it a try. Four or five hooks later, the crankshaft broke, not due to running out of oil, so we had to tear the motor apart, and the bearings looked like brand new in it. I'm like, how in the world? <laughs> you know, a full that was full load. You know, the uh, last minute was revving with zero load on it. Right. Uh, but still the crazy RPMs. Well, uh, Cheap Hooker was running at full load, 5,000 RPMs, and still they looked brand new. You know, I thought for sure it was going to be junk, but um, that stuff holds in there. I, I, people will tell you you're crazy or whatever to think that, but I, I don't know. That oil really does an awesome job. So You said it, man. I, absolutely amazing. <laughs> I, I'm I'm so glad to hear that there is so much that's salvageable uh, out of this uh, experience. Uh, what a what a promotion for those guys uh, for Wagler and for for the oil. Um, yeah, man. Wh- where do you go from here with the truck? Are you going to put this thing? You said you're putting it back together. Aluminum rods. You're going to be out sled pulling this season with it. Well, no sled pulling. That's that's a drag racing truck. I'm I'm just going to keep that. Uh, um, that thing did in such an awesome job at drag racing. I can't wait to actually get it dialed in. You know, um, I'm pumped. I'm still going to go drag race with uh, this other motor that's in it. The motor that's in it is an aluminum rod motor also, but it's a not a billet block. And uh, but I'll uh, I'll drag race it until this other motor is ready to go back in. So. I'm pumped to get out there and try to run that tree a little better. <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. We're excited to see it. Uh, and as you go out, and I'm sure to hit some records with that, we'll be bringing you back on the show to talk more about it. Well, that'll be it. always enjoy talking with you guys. <laughs> well, hey, we appreciate it, Tony. I told you we'd keep a quick update. I know you're out at a family event now. Thank you so much for talking to our listeners and giving us a little insight into what that autopsy looked like. Uh, good luck, man. Alrighty, thank you, sir. Well, hey, one of the other things that was a lot of fun, Chris, was our trip over to WC Fab a few weeks ago. Uh, we're going to cut to a segment of that trip. We've uh, we've definitely learned and learned what works and what doesn't work. Um, you know, as Chris mentioned, there's many different gauge thicknesses out there, and there's a lot of companies out there that that sell intercooler pipes. Um, that shouldn't go on diesel trucks, in my opinion. Uh, they might work fine on a gas or application, making that 15 or 20 pounds of boost. But you, you know, one thing, for example, is we'll, we'll talk about aluminum piping. Um, aluminum is nice because you don't got to worry about any 
any sort of rust on the inside of the pipes. And in some applications, you could just put the pipe on your vehicle raw. You don't even have to powder coat it, even though most people would like to. Um, and we use all sorts of materials. We use stainless, we use mild steel, we use aluminum. And you know, as of lately, we're actually converting a lot of product over to aluminum, but we're not using the, the standard as most people have in the past of 16 gauge. The problem with 16 gauge aluminum and high boost applications is you go to put your T-bolt clamp on your silicone boot and I know, I don't think anyone, I don't think I've ever seen anyone, and I know none of you probably do either, put a torque wrench on your T-bolt clamps. You just crank them down. Right. <laughs> and when you're cranking down a T-bolt clamp, you're going to crank that sucker down until it stops cranking. And or, the it, problem or, it, with, or it blows out. Or it blows out. <laughs> or you strip it out. I mean, you want to keep your boost in. You don't want your boots blowing off. You know, obviously the bead rolls are there and that's important. But the issue with some of the thinner gauge aluminum, aluminum is obviously much softer, um, you start cranking on that T-bolt clamp and it essentially will, will dent or cave in the pipe and essentially cause the boost leak, cause the boots to blow off. So what we've, what we've done recently with a lot of our product, um, uh, A for weight savings and B for uh, rust for prevention is we, we've changed a lot of uh, intercooler piping over to aluminum, but we're not using 16 gauge, we're using 14 gauge. Okay. It's thicker and you're not gonna concave it. I mean, numerous occasions, numerous sizes, um, before going in the oven, after going in the oven, because uh, aluminum can be annealed and become soft and hard through different processes, uh, you will strip out a T-bolt clamp before you ever cave in or dent one of our intercooler pipes from tightening a clamp too much. So it's it's a lot of it's just like we mentioned earlier, um, you know, improving upon older product and just making things better as we go along and as we learn things. Um, you know, so so the cost savings. Aluminum is going to be a cheaper uh, material for us to buy versus, say, stainless steel. Stainless steel is your top tier, most expensive material you're going to buy. And, uh, you know, it's, it's tough shit, but it's going to raise the price of all this product that is already very expensive. Sure. Um, so we're able to keep prices the same or potentially even drop prices and offer you a, a better, longer lasting material that's not going to fail under these high boost applications that these trucks see. The Diesel Performance Podcast is brought to you by Calibrated Power Solutions, home of DuramaxTuner.com. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped calibrations for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Powerstroke, John Deere, Case, New Holland, and many more. For more information and great customer service, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920.